Mango Mustache Media. Hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode of One Word Stories. I'm your host, Alex Schulte, and this is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. This show is, of course, produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group, LLC, baby, right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We are currently recording out of um, Czech Village, and my guest today is an old friend of mine, but before I introduce her um, and today's word, I do want to remind you that you can support this show and the other shows on our network by simply subscribing to LAS+. Go to lasmediagroup.com slash plus, get signed up, get started. No more ads on all of your LAS podcasts. Bonus content, exclusive miniseries, discounts at local restaurants and local businesses, exclusive merch, and you just get to have that warm and fuzzy feeling inside that you're supporting local. Shall we get into the episode? Let's do it. So today, my guest is um, someone that has taught me so much about what I know in broadcasting, who I had the pleasure of working with for uh, a few years, two or two years or so, and now she has fled the nest. She's flown out away (laughs) and is now killing it in Chicago, host of the Midday Show on 101.9 The Mix in Chicago, uh, former host of the Drive Home (laughs) <laughs> on Z102.9. Afternoon drive. The afternoon drive yeah. on Z102.9. My guest is Jenny Valier. Hey. Oh my God, Jenny. <laughs> I can't believe you're here right now. I'm so honored that you asked me to be here. I mean. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Do you know who you are? <laughs> it is so fun to do. Just talk to you. You're so easy to talk to. And. We had so many great times in radio, so mm-hmm. it's just fun to be here. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, we did have so many great fun times in radio. So <laughs> so for those that don't know, yeah, Jenny and I used to work together at Z102.9. Uh, she was the the midday drive. Wait, what did you say it was? Afternoon drive. The afternoon drive. Yep. And I was the night show, so she would always have to hand the keys over to me, essentially, yeah. at the end of her shift. Um, but you did all sorts of things, from scheduling music to mm-hmm. uh, you eventually became the... Uh, uh, program director. The program director, mm-hmm. which was, for me, for about a month. But it was you were incredible at that job. Thank you. And now you're also... Directing music director at 101.9 mm-hmm. music director there and actually I don't know if you saw but I just was promoted from middays to now afternoon drive in Chicago so I did see that that's yeah. huge huge congratulations <laughs> thank you I saw that news and I was just like duh you know it's just the next step on the ladder for you I mean it's been a blessing like especially having a co-host now I love doing radio with someone else yes. to riff off and I had never done that before like we you and I had done a, a lot of bit. crossover breaks but I had never done a show with someone well and you helped me get my foot in the door by letting me come on your show for like an hour uh, yeah. uh, for a few weeks there before I ended up getting my own show but it was like just come on to the to, to the Jenny Valier show for an hour at the end of my shift and we'll talk about nothing <laughs> And it'll be awesome. That and was it, so fun. It was so, so fun. We made fun TikToks. We made a lot of stupid videos. But before we get too far into our interview, 
Um, um, I want to introduce today's word. Okay. I think this word perfectly encompasses who you are as a person, as a DJ, um, as a friend. Uh, but let's have our friend, voice of Smart FM, Al Betker, uh, introduce, help us introduce today's word. Today's episode is brought to you by the word tenacity. Tenacious. <laughs> Tenacious D's going to be in town. By the way, I really want to see them. They're going to be at McGrath Amphitheater. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I've never seen Jack What a perfect Black. word then. I know. Well, <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to be in town this summer. But but yeah, tenacity. You are tenacious. Uh, Thank Jenny, you. you. You don't take no for an answer. It seems like you have a, a glimpse into the future sometimes. Um, it's If you sit after something, it happens. I, I never expected it to, but yeah, speaking my dreams out loud or writing them down on paper and now seeing it come to fruition is crazy to me because I would see videos where I talked out loud and said, someday I want to work in a top 10 media market. And I remember exactly when that happened and just to look back at that video now and be like, oh my God, now like you're I made it happen. in a top three media <laughs> market, you know, holy crap, dude. Yeah, Chicago, Over, you're overlooking Millennium Park. At 1019, correct? Yeah. Like, the view is insane. Yeah, you can see the bean from my radio station. The bean. <laughs> Cloudgate. Yeah. Um, I was a tour guide, so... <laughs> I love that I you know, were a Segway tour guide. <laughs> I know so many silly things about Chicago, and I gave so many tours around what your view is now. So, let's get everybody caught up. Who is Jenny Valier? in 2022 who are you right now i mean i know we've kind of introduced that you're the um uh, you've now got your your show at 1019 mm-hmm. you got your big promotion but give me the elevator pitch yeah who are you? so i'm co-host of the afternoon show with mccabe and jenny mccabe is my co-host and i'm still music director in chicago but music director for a big market means so much more than it did when I was at my former radio station here. And now I'm dealing with record labels. Um, I'm making sure that they get what they need for their artists while also helping out the radio station. So they are the liaison between an artist or a band and the radio. And so kind of their job is to basically schmooze me into getting their artists played on the station. So it's a lot of like dinners and drinks. And um, I will say there's a lot of perks like concert tickets, you know, the nice seats or VIP for right. shows, which right. I never turned down. I'm like, absolutely. Like every weekend kidding? I'm at a show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see on your stories and I am so jealous. <laughs> but it also oh. is a lot of hard work. And so you never see that part. You never see my late nights scheduling music or all of the clocks that I'm working on. Um, I just highlight the fun parts. So I will say like it does mean a whole lot more fun, but also a whole lot more hard work as well. So, I mean, it's got to be infinitely more hard work than it was when you were working in Cedar Rapids even. And that was a big job you had here. It was. And I think, well, I was a program director here in Cedar Rapids, so it doesn't feel like I'm doing more work. I feel like I'm doing the same work, but there's a lot more perks that come with my job in Chicago. Interesting. And living in essentially my dream city. Like, I've always dreamed really? of living in Chicago. Yeah. that's the, That's been the dream the whole time? Yes. Oh, I didn't I know. Mean, that's because awesome. Because it's still the city, but it's close to, to home. Like, it's still drivable mm-hmm. to Cedar Rapids and such an easy trip back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I actually do think Chicago is the best city in the whole country. I agree. A hundred percent. Like, mm-hmm. the, the things that they've got going on. It's clean. Um, downtown has always got something going on, mm-hmm. but on top of downtown, like in the Disney world part of, and I say Disney world as in like 
downtown Chicago <laughs> is kind of just tourist town. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got you've got your museum campus. You've got um, all these amazing restaurants, you know, yes. wonderful hotels. <laughs> um, but I think the thing that makes Chicago so special is the different neighborhoods. Yeah. I that agree exist. with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess it's it's a positive and negative because there is um, um, segregation in a way. So there's like a they line are. that's drawn and and they definitely keep these communities separated. I don't know. I think originally that was an intentional move. OK. But now these wonderful communities get to carry on their traditions from these amazing parts of the world that they all come from. Right. So that's what I always loved about Chicago. I can go over here and get the best Vietnamese food mm-hmm. in the country. I can go over here and get the best Puerto Rican food in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's that's what I'm a fan. And then, of course, there's the comedy. So yeah, I could gloat all day. But anyway, Jenny Valier, <laughs> what's your, uh, how is it? Do you hate it? Hate the city? Hate yeah. the job? Chicago, or all, all of, of it? Above? I love it. I seriously, I mean... It exceeded my expectations. Like I love every day walking to work when it's warm enough. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm on the bus. Yeah. But just being able to soak in every single moment, and there's never a lack of anything for my husband and I to do. And we kind of talked about that because shout out to Aaron. He's in the studio right Aaron. now. He's, I know. He's actually chilling on the couch over here, <laughs> yeah. uh, drinking a most beautiful fabric from Thu Brewing, <laughs> one of the last cans ever in existence. So cheers, Aaron. At first, it was a bit of a culture shock because we had we had bought a house here in Cedar Rapids, and I was kind of thinking to myself, like, "This is it. This is my future." And I felt bad for a minute, and um, it couldn't. This opportunity couldn't have presented itself at a better time because I thought, "Am I going to be spending the rest of my life here?" Which I always, you know me, I've always been such a dreamer. I've always had big goals, Uh like uh uh, with the pageant system. I've always dreamed of competing Uh at Miss USA. I made that happen, and I'm like, "Okay, what's my next goal?" And eventually became program director of the radio station and thought, I guess this is where I'm at. Like, I'm just settling down. And it couldn't have come at a better time that a guy reached out to me from the company that I work for now. And Oh, really? Yeah. So I They came to you? Yes. Um, I asked him how he found me. It was an article published on All Access, which is a website for radio. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it's like the trades. You see the moves that different stations are making. And I had published an article. I had promoted someone within the company and wrote a blurb. And he must have saw my name and it just crossed him. And he did his research on me. And he first offered me a gig in Seattle. And like that is, <laughs> I don't know what it's like living in Seattle. But thinking about it, I'm like, absolutely not. There's rain. It's gloomy. I hear it's really gloomy. <laughs> And yeah. there's a lot of sadness. Yeah, so I kind of turned <laughs> but it him does down. Look, it looks like a great city. Right? Nothing against Seattle. Yeah, if you love Seattle, that's great. But uh, Good for I you. couldn't see my future there. And so I kind of kindly turned him down and said, you know, I just got into my role as a program director. We had that derecho, and I didn't feel like I put in my time in Cedar Rapids. So you were still yet. here for a derecho? Yeah, yeah. Really? We had just bought our house in July. Derecho happens a month later. Did you get damage? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, like a lot of work, but not yeah. a lot of damage. Yeah. So I had turned him down and he said, well, um, give me your resume and we'll just keep in contact. So uh, almost an entire year rolls by. And then he calls me back and says, hey, I've got an opening in Chicago. And like my eyes like widen and of I'm like, course. OK, that's my dream market. But there's no way in hell someone is going to move from market 212 or whatever Cedar Rapids is to market three. Like there's no chance. And he said, well, let me link you up with Jimmy, who is my boss now. 
and I went through the interview process and I just kept making it to the next round. Mind you, we are seven months into our house. Like we have not even been in our house for a year. We just fully furnished it. And I'm like, Aaron is going to kill me. Like if I get this job, like I was getting nervous. And so what a good problem. I know. I know. And um, I got the job offer. Like it just it happened. I blacked out for a minute. And then I like nervously went over to Aaron and I said, Aaron, I got the job. Like, how do you feel about this? And Aaron is a huge Cubs fan, thank God, because he was like, let's go. Let's go to Chicago. Hell yes. Fully supportive. And I couldn't have asked for, like, and like I could not have asked for a better man to marry and support me in this endeavor. Right. We were still we were You're both so only lucky. engaged at that time. <clears throat> we still had a wedding in June. That's so, like, right. Yeah, and this all, all happened. Your whole in, life just changed in a matter of months. Oh, my God. All the biggest life changes. This was exactly a year ago that this opportunity presented itself like in April um, my start date was in May and we had a wedding in June we had a reception in July and we had just bought our house so then we had to turn around and sell it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I mean even though it was a lot of craziness happening at once it was awesome like uh, I'm still like on cloud nine dreaming about it I gotta be weird I've, <laughs> I can notice how much you've improved as a as a broadcaster thank you since the days of us working together like you really have taken it up a whole nother level you're incredible thank you you were incredible before but i can i can see the the hours <laughs> that you've put in on on a mic like it's just it's so wonderful to see you do your craft thank you, you. know and be here and see you do it because and- you're incredible Thank you so much. And I feel it because I feel like I'm more authentic now to myself. Yes. I listen to how I used to sound here. And I would be like and talk in this voice that I was like this perfect person. And I just had this smile. And that's what I'm seeing right now. You know, and now I'm like. This is who I am, and I get to be myself in this new city. Uh, no one knows who I am. I can kind of establish my own brand, which is to just be myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so our word is tenacity. Mm-hmm. How how do you think that has driven you from day one? I mean, and when do you think that really started? Was it with the pageantry? Was it with uh, whatever you were doing at Kennedy High School? Like, <laughs> where, where does that come from? Does it come from a mentor of yours, uh, a parent figure, I really do, you find it? do have to thank a mentor for me. Her name is Joanne. She's actually my dad's cousin, but she's more like an aunt to me. And she she was the one who got me started in pageantry. Like I remember getting a letter in the mail saying like success, determination, <laughs> and all these words on there that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my key to becoming famous someday. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, I want to do this pageant. And then I saw the entry. How, how old are you at this point? This was when I was 17. I was okay. a junior in high school. And I really didn't want I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so when I saw all those big words on there, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could be a celebrity. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was in theater in high school. I was on the speech team. Like I wanted to be a television news broadcaster. And I thought this is my way. Mm-hmm. So she actually sponsored me to do my first pageant. And I did horribly. But I was around really? other. Yeah, I didn't place at all. I didn't know what I was doing. Neither did she. We both didn't. Learning experience. It was. But I met a lot of other girls there. Like you see that stuff on TV, the honey boo boo stuff. And it's obviously right. That's yeah. That's TLC, which is uh, a cesspool of of cable television. (laughs) But who I did meet were a lot of ambitious other girls who had dreams. Um, You know, they had goals. And I thought these are the people I needed to surround myself by. So 
fast forward to college, thinking I'm still going to be a television news broadcaster, my advisor in communications at Mount Mercy said, have you ever thought about radio? <laughs> Someone who's trying to be on TV, obviously, like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, do I not have a face for TV? <laughs> right. But have it- <laughs> you considered radio? I think yeah. it would be better for your face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But he was like, well, listen, there's a big radio station in town. You can intern there. And I did. I, I did an internship with the radio station, and it started there. Um, I just wanted to get on there so bad because, you know, in broadcasting, people are usually there for 20 years, you know. There wasn't a lot of turnover at the time, at least. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, well, I need to get my foot in the door. Started with the internship, worked my way to part-time, kind of like you. Mm -hmm. And the opening (laughs) for the overnight DJ um, came, like, (sighs) right around college, (laughs) right around college graduation. And your dream job, work midnight to 6 (laughs) a.m. At the time, it was midnight to 5.30 a.m. And, like, it's unheard of now, really, for radio stations to have an overnight DJ. But at the time, they did. And I remember I graduated at, like, 2 p.m. on a Sunday and went in for my first full-time shift at midnight that same night. And all of my other friends are, like, partying. They're like, woo, we graduated. Uh, They went on trips. They took the summer off. And I'm like, here I am working. (laughs) Making sacrifice. Putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. Being tenacious. And a lot of people were worried about me. I think there were other people at the station who were like, there's no chance she's going to last, you know, because that's a very hard shift. And it is. I will (laughs) fully say like that was a shout out to JT. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did it for years. Oh, my gosh. And like I kept pushing him. Uh, I say JT, but this network actually does know him. He's Jake Trumper, who's the host of Historically Inaccurate. So go check out his show. He's amazing. And he's still killing it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you were the overnight person and you you kept climbing that ladder again. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you started part time. You got a full time gig as the as the overnight person. And holy shit, look where you are now. <laughs> but um, um, t- the tenacity, I mean, it, it, it had to have. I just don't understand how everything just kind of worked out for you. You know, I mean, I do understand it because you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm. You work harder than anybody out there. And good things come to good people but and and that's you've been through so i'm I'm just thinking of like covid oh yeah um you know derecho the layoffs that you guys had to to deal with at the radio station Mm -hmm. you had to be resilient in those times and was it just because you had to where does that come from i think because of my background um i grew up facing a lot of family struggles and I was an at-risk child like my father um, was an alcoholic and so I think you know seeing how my life it was like a backward Cinderella story uh, started off pretty normal and then things just started crumbling and I remember at the time thinking if there's anything I want to do it's not to end up like my father and I kept thinking like I want to be successful someday like I want to be that person who came out of this because I think a lot of people thought I was going to follow in those same footsteps. Like, Mm. you know, she's going to be a runaway or she's going to be this. And I would hear these things. uh, Mostly my friend's parents. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And so I think it was shame on them. Yeah. It was kind of that thought, like I'm going to prove them wrong. And that's always how it's been. It's always been in the back of my head, you know, between pageants, hearing someone say she'll never be Miss Iowa. Uh, I'm going to prove them wrong. And then I remember, um, an old boss in radio would say, you know, if you want to be successful in this industry, uh, don't fall in love and don't get pregnant. <laughs> uh, I remember. Yeah. I know exactly who said that too. Yep, That's yep. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, I'm going to prove him wrong too. <laughs> so all these 
voices. You're or... pregnant? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I am <laughs> Is this married. the way you're announcing it? <laughs> I am married. No. <laughs> I was like, I will drink a beer if you need me to. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was just that that voice in the back of my head. And that was what I was struggling with so much when I thought I was settling in Cedar Rapids. Because I'm like, what are you doing right now? You, this isn't what you wanted. And I was like, but is this the journey that I'm taking now? Um, so I think it was just that voice. Like, your 17-year-old self would have been so pissed at you right now because you didn't even try to go to a bigger market. Like yeah. the girl who said she wanted to work in a top 20 media market, like you're just going to let that fall. And so that voice. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there's two things that I really want to learn about yes. and hear about uh, after we go after we play a game and go to break. Okay. Those I really want to hear about more of before any of this happened, before 17. I think okay. there's a whole backstory there that's so important to who you are as a person mm-hmm. and where that tenacity comes from because we hinted at it here, but but it, I know childhood wasn't easy for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like karma and it just balances out and now your life is great because uh, <laughs> you paid your dues as a kid. But I do want to hear more about that, but I also am so curious to hear what's next. Okay. Because... It does seem like you're constantly moving and you're constantly <laughs> working towards something that's moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I uh, like it's and it seems like you've reached the top at this point. <laughs> you know, you've hit the pinnacle of of a radio career, especially in 2022. But I want to hear about that in just a little bit. Yeah. Can we play a game? Yeah. OK. It's a special game that we here like to call True Love and Two Lies. Brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers. Yes, it's that time of the show where we're going to bring uh, three proposal stories to Jenny Valier. Okay. Can we say your, your real name? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I know Jen- Jenny Valier is your, your stage name, right? We're going to yeah. remain that. But you've been proposed to. Yeah, You're I now Jenny Hins. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm married. Yes. I, 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 like we said, Aaron's here in the studio. And your proposal story is not one of the ones we're going to use. <laughs> but, Darn it. Um, but I see the beautiful ring that, that you sport. <laughs> and um, if you want to feel as good as Jenny and Aaron do, then head on over to Ginsburg Jewelers. Ask Steve to help you out. Steve's whole team is going to help you tell your story through jewelry. If you want to propose, if you want to buy yourself some swag, if you want a new watch, if you just want to say hi to the nicest people in the city, go to Ginsburg Jewelers. Let them know the One Word Stories sent you or the LAS Media Group, and they're going to give you 10% off your next order. That could be a bunch of money. Now, oh, they're located, by the way, across the street from Lindale Mall, 1st Avenue, same parking lot as Ponchero's, right next to Red Robin, Ginsburg Jewelers. Go check them out. All right, Jenny, I got three stories for you. Okay. These ones are going to be a little bit different this time than our usual run of the mill. Usually the stories are personal to them, but these stories are all um, um, from the viewpoint of the child talking about their parents' proposal, okay? Okay. So, like I said, two of these are fake. I just need you to guess the real one, okay? okay? So... Without any further ado, story number one. So, my parents had been dating for a long time. And then one day, my dad said, we should get married. And then my mom said, I think that's a good idea. And then they got married. (laughs) And now they're married. (laughs) I know that seems like a, a pretty simple one. 
But Man. I know, I know. And that's the shortest I've ever had a story be here on 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 the show. So mm. you can think maybe I made that up because I'm just being lazy. Okay. Maybe that's the real story. Mm. Um, but you're just going to have to use that tenacious brain of yours. I was going to say, do I wait till the end? Yes. Okay. Yeah, hmm. yeah. But I do love to hear your thoughts, you know. Well, I think because you, without hesitation, were able to s- recite that story that it could be true, like almost like you knew this kid. <laughs> don't worry they're all gonna be without hesitation whether they're good or not okay well wow you're great at improv my whole thing is say. no no hesitation okay, no okay, okay. I'll, I'll save face later ask uh permission or wait wait just kidding i messed it up ask forgiveness not permission there you go okay whatever okay. story number two so my mom and dad were dancers they loved the arts And I, of course, followed in their footsteps and became a dancer myself. But my favorite story is how my dad decided to propose to my mom. They were dancing at Carnegie Hall in New York City. Have you heard of it? Well, (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That was rhetorical. And they knew that this was the biggest moment in both of their dancing careers, and they wanted to settle down and have a family after they started to age a bit. So, there on the stage, after the show, he got down on one knee, proposed, the crowd went crazy, and of course, they've been married ever since. 25 years later, I'm happily the child of two happily married parents. A bit more long, Uh, yeah. but way more unbelievable. I was gonna say, that sounds too good to be true. Yeah, could be real though. Hmm, you're, it's going to blow your mind when you're like, who the hell is this kid? I know. Who are these parents? Right. Um, hmm. Maybe very famous people. Hey, look, you're you're hanging out with A, B, C, D, E, F, U. <laughs> yeah, Gail. Gail. Okay, well, that, could, that story could have happened. Okay. I'm still leaning towards the first one, but. Just because the simplicity? <laughs> yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. But I'd love to hear the last one. Just okay. Just before I make my final judgment. Fantastic. Story number three. So when I was younger, I never really knew how my parents got engaged. They kept the story from me until I was about 15 years old when I realized that my birthday was three months before their anniversary. So yes, (laughs) my parents did get married because of me, but to this day they still say it's the best decision that's ever happened. That's it. Okay. Which one? And remember, if you get this wrong, I will shave your cat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I know. I mean, your dog. How is your dog? My dog? Yeah. She's great. I mean, she's just me as a dog, so. She's very, she's not you as a dog. Yeah, she That is. dog is not tenacious. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. She's just sassy sometimes. <laughs> that dog is shaky and. Okay, maybe I, not. <laughs> the word is not pathetic here. Okay, <laughs> it's tenacious. All right, fine. But or wait, it's tenacity. Good. Yeah, tenacity. Uh, so what, one of those is so a lie or there's one One's truth. true. Okay. Two of them were lies. Man. You know what? My heart is telling me to go with the first one, even though that's probably the one you just made up on the whim of your feet. But Keep it simple? Yeah. I get it. Aaron says what? 
Number, Wait, yeah, let, let's, number three. Number three, my lord. Number three. That was a Shrek reference for all of you uh, Shrek <laughs> fans out there. Uh, so he thinks it's number three. He uh-huh. thinks it's the um, born out of wedlock story. You think it's what? Number one. Uh, made up on the... <laughs> okay, so so which one are you going to go? Are you going to let Aaron influence your decision or are you just going to stick to your guts? Oh, I'm going to stick to my gut. Stick to my gut. All right, let's find out. So mom and dad were out on a date, just as usual. They'd been dating for a while. And my dad just said to my mom, I think we should get married. Oh. And she agreed. Oh, that's that small one I had. And they did. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> so he just said, I think true. we should get married. She said, I agree. And then they did. Yeah. That's the story. That is the costume designer at Theater Cedar Rapids, Joni Sackett, by the way. Amazing. So I got it right? You got it right. Woo! So I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to shave your dog. Oh, okay. You. Your dog will remain, uh, <laughs> r- remain hairy. Um, that would have been a really weird punishment for all of us. <laughs> all right. So again. Thanks so much for Ginsburg Jewelers for, for sponsoring this segment. Make sure you go ahead and check them out. Go talk to Steve. Go talk to the team. Let them know that I sent you. And they're going to give you 10% off your order. Propose. Buy yourself some jewelry. Tell your story through jewelry. Have them help you tell your story through jewelry. When we come back, we're going to find out more about Jenny's backstory and what's in store for the future for Jenny Valier. Jenny Hens, <laughs> Jenny V, Jenny. Tenacious V. Tenacious V. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. That's your new name. Go back to 101.9 and tell them. Be like, okay, by I the will. way, I'm Tenacious V now. Okay. <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Unless you're an LAS Plus subscriber. In that case, you don't get any ads. But if you aren't, here's a couple ads from our sponsors. back friend to the second half of one word stories i am joined by jenny valier hi thank you so much for saying yes to this jenny of course I mean- uh, I, so hey i i feel like we could since this comes out after 6 p.m tonight <laughs> you can say why you're in town you're here for a surprise yeah i'm going to surprise all my former co-workers at the radio station z102.9 so we can say it Okay. You were you okay. were bouncing around before. You're like the radio station that I used to work. I know. At. No, I know, we could I we could know. totally say Z. Uh, yeah. So you're back in town. You're going to go see Chris. Yep. And Destiny. And yes. Julie and Jill and Kelly Lala. Oh my gosh. I know. You know who I want to give a big hug to is Kelly Lala. She's the best. I love Kelly. And I was just talking know, about her last weekend. She has the best cards, like handwritten cards that she. Sends. I know. Kelly Lala is a um a salesperson uh-huh. at. KZIA, mm-hmm. which is the umbrella company of Z1 2.9, Smart FM, uh, was KGYM. Are they still? I, I think so. I think KGYM's still mm-hmm. there. Anyway, she is a local badass, mm-hmm. but she's the sweetest person and she will always give you handwritten letters. <laughs> I, I remember one time she just gave me one just out of the blue. She's like, hey, I just 
hope you're doing well and here's a chocolate you know <laughs> and her mom is also very sweet so shout out to kelly lala um okay so we are talking about tenacity yeah and and your story and the big thing that you talked about briefly in the first half was um your childhood mm -hmm. and how the struggles and the trials and tribulations that that come with that and i kind of would love to expand upon that a little bit yeah you know of where you come from because I know on the outside to people who don't know you, it's just like, okay, her life's perfect and she doesn't have to try to like get that success. Mm -hmm. But a lot of hard work had to come from within you to make that happen. And I also do want to hear what's next for you. Yeah. I'm really excited to see because I know you have for future goals as well because um, you always do. And we'll get to that <laughs> in a second. But let's, let's jump into our time machine, jump back to the 90s essentially and, and dive into growing up as Jenny Valier, you know, you've got two brothers. Yeah, I'm the middle child. What, what was childhood like for you? Because I know you said you, your dad had struggles of his mm -hmm. own, but... Um, so, as I mentioned before... How does this happen? It's kind of a backward Cinderella story, and not so much in that I had a fairy tale life, but I had a normal, pretty normal life on both ends. Like, my mom was married to my stepdad, and my dad was married to my stepmom. Um, they divorced when I was three, but both families, you know, they were supportive. We had been involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. Like I was in um, piano lessons and figure skating. My brothers were in sports. Like, you know, just mm -hmm. a normal childhood life. Um, like I would live full time with my mom and stepdad and then visit my father on the weekends. And I knew that my father had drinking issues. But after it seemed like after his sister passed away, my aunt from cancer, mm. um, his drinking started getting worse. And yeah. I could and I remember it wasn't just a weekend thing anymore because I remember he would come home really drunk. But then it started turning into weekdays and like every day. How old are you about this is happening? I think fifth grade. So about 10. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just remember all of the arguments and a lot of screaming and just scary times. Yeah. Um, I would hide in my room in the basement and um, he would come home and just just be a mess. And so mm -hmm. um, eventually that led to him and my stepmom divorcing and he couldn't hold a job because he was always drinking. So he he went to live on his own. Um, we got kicked out basically of my stepmom's house and my mom oh. at the time was God, what was that like as a kid you know you're you're moving around based on decisions that are, you're being punished for things that mm -hmm. you didn't do mm -hmm. terrifying because I still had all of my stuff like that I didn't get to take with me like I didn't get to take any of any of the toys that I had you know like I got just the basics. Like, I don't even know if I got my bed. So I had this, like, you know, cool room with all of my stuff and all of my belongings, and I don't even know if I got half of that. Um, and he just went to an apartment. And in the meantime, we were living with him because I forgot the part where my mom and stepdad divorced, and my mom moved to Hawaii. So we went to live with my dad and stepmom while this was going on. And I told you, like, my childhood is such a yeah, yeah. <laughs> mess that it's hard to say this in, like, a linear timeline. That's okay. Let's jump all over the place. Okay. And so, yeah, living with my dad, um, when we moved into an apartment, that was probably the toughest time in my life because I was living with the lowest. two other boys uh, and my dad. So three guys, a one girl, and a two-bedroom apartment. So uh. there's four of us. And my dad slept on like a day bed in the living room. My bro two brothers shared a room and I did get my own room for privacy reasons. I'm a 
growing girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was just a lot to be in a small space with them. And um, I just remember my dad's drinking was so terrible. Like he would wake me up on school nights at like two in the morning and come bu- busting in my room. And, you know, um, he was in the... Um, Air Force. And so I think a Mm. little bit of PTSD would cause him to tell stories. And I'd be like, Dad, like, can you get out Mm. of my room? Like, I have to go to school the next day. Yeah. And so do you feel like you were kind of being a parent when you were 12 to him? Yeah. And also, I was losing sleep in school. And I think that a lot of my teachers, I don't think, understood what I was going through at home because, like, my grades were reflecting off of that. Of course. And and your basic needs we're not being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to maintain good grades? Mm-hmm. Um, so who showed up? Did you have to show up for yourself then at that point? Was was that self-taught? Did, was there another adult that was like, okay, I got to do something about this. This is ridiculous. If I don't step in right now, mm-hmm. uh, Jenny and the boys are not going to Eventually my, like my they should. dad's parents, my grandparents, um, I don't think they really truly knew how bad it was at home, you know, because I would call them all the time and I'm sure it was irritating to have to go pick up the kids again and and they're going to stay at our place. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they truly knew because I didn't really in depth talk about it. But I would just say, dad's drunk again. He's being mean. Can we stay at your place? And I remember um, there was a pretty bad altercation between my older brother and my dad and it was terrifying and there was police involved and that's when I was like I can't live here anymore and that's when I moved with my grandparents so my brother had a lot of his own struggles you know he was kind of the man of the house like we both did our best to protect my youngest brother um but ever since then um, my youngest brother did move to Hawaii to live with my mom and then my older brother was kind of independent living at a young age and I was with my grandparents so we were all separated essentially and uh, I remember that my dad also what kind of caused that was my dad couldn't pay rent anymore because he couldn't keep a job. So Mm, we were evicted mm. from our apartment and that was even scarier than getting kicked out of a house. Like I just remember when I found out we were getting evicted because he couldn't pay rent that I thought all of our furniture was going to be on the curb and we were just going to like have all of our stuff on the street and like, you know, we're homeless now. Mm -hmm. And essentially we were kind of homeless until my grandma um, took, took me in. So yeah, that's kind of you, where that started. Is there anything you like wish an adult could have like known and done differently? Like looking back on this, do you hold any resentment towards the the adults besides your dad? You know that that didn't weren't able to step in and help. Because, but like, is it their fault because they didn't know? Were they not doing enough? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, what kind of feelings do you hold towards those people now that you're an adult and you can you've got a completely new lens? Mm-hmm. I was so confused um, as a teenager or as a child, I guess, wondering, like, why isn't anyone helping us? And I found out later, like, obviously, it's embarrassing to have your stuff, I mean, out there. Like, I can talk about it now because I'm comfortable now. But I think my grandparents worked so hard to protect you know, the family uh, that's still, that's still their son. Uh-huh. And you don't want to broadcast to everyone like he's struggling. And right, so right. I don't think people fully knew what was happening. I think it was just, um, Jenny's going to spend some time with us. And there was a lot of just inside battles that were being fought and that, were, that people didn't know about. And so I don't blame anyone and I don't hold any resentment towards anyone because they simply didn't know. And obviously me as a kid, I'm not going to go up and be like, this is happening. Um, I would only tell my grandparents, like they were the ones who I trusted. And did DHS ever get involved? No, no. really. Mm-hmm. You just kept it in, in the family, really mm-hmm. 
you really did keep it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had all of these secrets held inside of me and not even my mother really. So there was a little resentment with my mother too because I was like, why did you leave us? Why did you leave us with my dad who can't take care of us? And so um, there was a year where I did move out there and live with her and we didn't get along very well. Um, And I moved back to Iowa. And so I kind of put that on myself like, well, I chose to be here because I didn't get along with my mom. So I did this to myself in a way. Uh, I chose to go through this. I did this, this to myself. <laughs> oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and so that's another reason why because I kind of really kept didn't. my mouth shut. So do you still feel like, I mean, it, it, when was the moment for you that kind of switched and you're like, you know what? This is not my fault. I'm, I've done what I can and his emotions are his responsibility and mine are mine. I remember a conversation with my grandma and she had been going to counseling. I think it was AA counseling because they also help uh, family members of Mm. alcoholics. And she was saying um, that she was told, you know, they make you feel guilty. Alcoholics are really good at making you feel guilty. Like you're not helping me like this is on you. And that's kind of when it clicked for me. But also my mentor, Joanne, Um, who was my dad's cousin, helped me realize that this is out of your control. The only person who can help an alcoholic or an addict are themselves. You can't, you can't be the one to do it because we've all tried. I mean, my grandparents have tried. My ex-stepmom tried. Like everyone has tried to help him. He's been in so many different programs. We've, they've spent so much money on trying to get him better. And, and if you're not motivated Mm. yourself, which he hasn't been, then there's no, use and so I kind of just was like it's out of my hands like because I was so motivated and that might be where the tenacity comes from to like change his life you know I wanted him to get better and I kept thinking like he's gonna get better yeah to put on your shoulders (laughs) yeah it's insane so I guess my big question is um because there's a lot of kids who still you know If you look at the system, if you go to if you go to the, any of these schools, there's so many children that are going through so many problems at home. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give to somebody who's outside of that immediate circle that wants to help a kid in that situation? How how would you advise somebody like that to go about helping a kid when they don't really have the legal uh uh you know, like it's not like you can go and be like, all right, I'm just going to take this kid out of here. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take a kid away from their parents. What What can you do? Is it big brother, big sister? Is it wh- help? Yeah, I was going to bring up big brothers, big sisters, because that's exactly a program that does that work for you. They make it so you're safe, but you can still help someone. And it's not always the same situation. Like sometimes it's um, a a single parent situation, single family home, and they've never had like a mother figure or a father figure. And you could be that for them. Like I remember there was a really inspiring story about a young girl who didn't have a mother. She only had her dad and big brothers, big sisters matched her with this uh, woman, like a Mm. middle-aged woman who took her, you know, to do the simple things like bra shopping. Like the dad didn't know Mm. how to do that. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So it's not like you're like, taking over their life or like intervening in something that you're not comfortable with, but you're helping them through their struggles and just being a mentor for them. So I was involved with big brothers, big sisters for about five years. And yeah, um, I, I met your little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple times. Yeah. In her teenage years. So she mm-hmm. was sassy. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to that escape the room together. At, and I, and um, I love that. Yeah. It was so fun. We had to escape Walter White from Breaking Bad. He was coming back and he was going to kill us. Don't you remember that? All I remember was that like, you were like not helping. We were like trying I'm so terrible. hard. I'm terrible at those things. <laughs> and you were like, what's this? And we're like, Alex, <laughs> we're going to die. <laughs> Walter White is coming back yeah. and he's going to shoot us in the face. <laughs> Your brother we... and I were working so hard to get out of there. And you yeah. were like, oh, cool. Was it just the three of us? And was... I believe JT. Jake. Or Jackson? Oh, maybe it was Jackson. If it was, if Jackson was there, we would have been out of there thing in five minutes. Then he was definitely not there. It couldn't I have been. Do you remember we lost? I think it was David, JT, you, and me. Oh my gosh. And Caitlin. We got a video of that somewhere. <laughs> I know. It's, I think it's probably it. on my iMovie <laughs> on my on my old iPhone somewhere. That was um, a fun time. Can I ask? Are you in touch with your parents? Yes. So my mother and I, I think we, I have forgiven her. You know, everything that unfolded with my dad, I was just like, you know, I don't want to have this. Um, connection with both of my parents like I don't want to have an estranged relationship with both um, I can't have that my father unfortunately I feel like I have to have limited communication because it's unhealthy for me to be so involved because our relationship um, so after I moved in with my grandparents he was in a center for a couple of years and I don't know if you call when you're an alcoholic um, and you drink again relapse but mm. I know they do that for drug addicts but I, I don't know you, what that is. I don't relapse. know what else you would call it, but I don't know Something anything like about anything. So I think that's what it's called. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so he relapsed and then our relationship started becoming like whatever he needed. He would contact me when he needed something like, hey, can you get me a pack of cigarettes? Hey, can you get me some beer? Hey, will you buy me this? So it became like I was like, you know, that I he guilted me into buying him a lot of <laughs> here I am at like 19 or whatever buying cases of cigarettes for him and I'm like I need yeah. to stop doing this but like every time he would contact me he'd make me feel really bad like please you don't know what it's like like I'm struggling I'm shaking right now I'm sick to my stomach and so that's why I started like cutting off communication because it was just unhealthy for me like if you want to talk to me you can ask about my day or you can you know have a conversation that does not involve wanting something so I still do talk to him and still visit him every once in a while. But mm. yeah, it's very limited. Setting boundaries with your parents has to be so hard. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm his mom sometimes. And it was a different relationship like with my grandparents because that's their son. But that's not my son. Like, exactly. I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to be responsible for your actions. And I know as a mother or a father, you might feel that way. But I am your daughter and yep. I don't feel that way. Yeah. So. <laughs> you are so tenacious. You have so <laughs> much <you>. tenacity. <laughs> um, so flipping the switch here, what's the next goal for Jenny Valier? Man, I mean, I mean, I, are you looking at the future? Or are you just focused on the present at this point? Because gosh, you just keep moving up. It's insane to me. I will say I'm doing a better job at living in the moment and enjoying what I have now because there was a death of a former Miss USA title holder that really shook me. Um, she just had all these accolades and she had accomplished so much, but she was never satisfied. She just kept trying to strive for the next thing. And mm. I found myself following those footsteps. Like I thought that more promotions or more titles would make me happy and I truly now found my happiness within Chicago I love the city I love our life that we live now even though we downsized and like a lot of our stuff is still in storage mm -hmm. I think just Aaron and I's relationship being able to spend time with each other in a new city and explore has been amazing so I'm enjoying what I have now but I always you know always have goals and so um 
right now, since this afternoon show is so brand new and I'm working with a co-host, like focusing on that. But eventually I do want to get into uh, being a program director again. I think that's way down the road. But yeah, I, I think the first step would be working towards assistant program director and then someday program director. But yeah, very down the road because <laughs> it's going to happen. You know, <laughs> you know it's going to happen. One of the things you get to do as a program director is to coach other talent and help them with their success. And like, you know, I love doing that. I got to do it for myself and I want to help someone else do that. So I love that mentor. I remember our air checks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Alex, quit saying awesome so much. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. But oh my gosh, I'm so impressed with what you're doing right now. This is amazing. Like looking at everything. I wish people could see how your setup is and they will going on video yeah. coming soon. Um, you know, and, and, on the mentoring people and helping people develop their talents and whatnot, that's that's what I get to do here too. You know, we've got we've got a bunch of podcasts and we've got hosts, and we're really just trying to take leaders in our community mm -hmm. that speak to different corners of our community and teach them how to be an influencer in in their communities in a positive way. And it's been it's so fulfilling helping people find their voice. Mm -hmm. What a cool thing that is. You and know? I am glad you brought up mentor because you and I um, had a connection to one of my mentors, Rick Swan, yeah. and I know he was very near and dear to your heart and your family. And for me, he was the one that kind of opened up the door into becoming a music director. Um, he was the music director for KZIA, and he was the one that invited me to music meetings and started like, you know, kind of got my foot in the door, started um, throwing, what do you call that? Like uh when you throw something in someone's ear, uh, uh, you don't throw it uh, in their ear. Uh, Put a planted a seed. Planted a seed whatever. in your brain. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Rick Swan, he might be gone, right? Mm -hmm. But I think he lives on through people like us, through yeah. the the lessons we learned from him. Mm -hmm. You know, Rick Swan is living in is living on in Chicago through your work. You mm -hmm. know, you wouldn't be where you are without him. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be starting this company, and and doing the things I'm doing without Rick Swan. Mm -hmm. So we're how lucky were we yeah exactly and can you imagine someday someone saying that about you and so it's just exactly that you want oh, to, you want to have I the same even, kind of feeling I do think about that I do think about that like that I hope in 30 40 years people are like look at the look at the footprint that he left mm -hmm. you know and I I think we're on the way to that yeah each of us mm -hmm. and I'm so happy for us well, it's so fun that we both got to start off kind of in the same place and we're, you know, we're no longer working together, but we're all, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. And it's really cool. And I hope that we're lifelong friends and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Absolutely. I mean, you're just so like great to be around. Jenny, I love <laughs> you so I much. Whenever I see you downtown. Oh, I know. At a bar. <laughs> it's, it a, it's a mess. <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> I haven't seen you in 10 years. And it stinks because like every time I God. come back, like it's for someone else's event. So I never really get to like sit down and talk to you. I know. And and this has been nice, but it's going to be good. So we should just get together and just and have a drink. Coffee. and, and yeah. Or a drink. And, or, or two. <laughs> um, you know, because it's great to talk to you like this in the podcast, but it's it's different. Mm -hmm. So we do need to catch up um, on a personal level here very shortly. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I've heard this story because I did not know all these things about you. I knew <laughs> that you had a, a, a difficult growing up, a difficult past, but I didn't know to what extent. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that story because I know it's not easy. Yeah, and I want to just make sure everyone's clear that that's not to make everyone, anyone feel sorry for me because 
I mean, I that has really shaped me into who I am. But more so, I hope that it might help someone um, by sharing that story. So it's definitely going to. Yeah. Will you stick around for the post show? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play a game or something. I'm <laughs> not sure yet. I usually just be like, Logan, what are we doing? Uh, but we'll find out. So, hey, uh, if if you want to stick around and, and hang out with me and Jenny for the post show, we're going to hang out for another 15, 20 minutes here. Uh, subscribe to LAS Plus. That's on lasmediagroup.com slash plus. Ten bucks a month. You're you're supporting local in a way that is has not really been possible for supporting these local hosts and whatnot. So you're going to get ad-free episodes, uh, merch, discounts at, at local stuff. But give me that music. Let's take it out, yeah? Jenny, God, you're resilient. <laughs> Thanks so much for being such a great um, um, representation of our city while going off into Chicago. I, I, you deserve a world of happiness. Thank and, you. Um, after the next promotion, we got to have you back. Absolutely. You know, because <laughs> I know it's right around the corner. Thanks again for coming on the show. I will come on anytime you want me to. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's got to get to a surprise party, so we're going to get her out of here. Tune in with us on on the, the post show, LAS Plus. I already said it. This has been One Word Stories, the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. And remember to go to Ginsburg Jewelers and let them know that we sent you to get that 10% discount. I'm Alex Schulte. That's Jenny Valier. This show is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. I, I, I saw that you were going to lean into the microphone and say your name. You know what? For old time's sake. Okay. I'm Alex Schulte. I'm Jenny Valier. And this has <laughs> been One Word Stories. Oh, and I have one more question for y'all. What's your word? Mango Mustache Media.